Welcome to our podcast. Good news, we are currently running a special promotion for new Hedgeye podcast listeners. Get your first month free to any one of our investing products for brand new Hedgeye subscribers. Email Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com to get yours. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. Good morning, everyone. This is Ben Ryan. Welcome to the Hedgeye Morning Macro Show for Thursday, November 1st, 2018. Keith is anchoring the show this morning in the studio. If you have questions for us, pop in the queue. We'll try to get to all of them. With that, take it away, Keith. Thanks and good morning. If it's your first time watching the Macro Show, welcome. Top three things is what I do every morning. Uh, every morning, top three things, and I go around the world, around the process, again, line by line in my notebook, which is effectively model by model from our research team. So first, let's just get into it. Top three things in my notebook this morning. Number one is going to be the U.S. dollar. Number two going to talk about gold and why I finally bought it yesterday, and then uh, we're going to hit on Asia, which was a bloody mess last night. Uh, but first, dollar. Okay, so for those of, the, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we went bullish on the dollar in April. And uh, as you can see in the U.S. dollar chart, that was not a bad call. Um, we called it strong dollar, and uh, now you know. So what you should also know is that when you're bullish on something, you should only buy it when it pulls back to the low end of the risk range. So for those of you that are new, uh, we publish daily risk ranges on things like the dollar, uh, 25 big macro things. We include the FANG components. And yes, we'd probably sell every single FANG X Apple until it breaks trend. Uh, we've been bearish on and appropriately and accurately bearish on the FANG, uh, by the way. Uh, not the whole way down, but pretty darn close. Uh, but if you look at the dollar, again, just understand that the reason why we're bullish on the dollar is quad four, okay? Quad four. If you don't know what that is, uh, if you think it's some Oldsmobile engine, which if you look it up on Google, that might, might be what you get, actually. Uh, you can see it. It's right in the bottom of my screen. So if your portfolio had that go through it, a hurricane in the last month and a half, then you don't want to do that again. That's why you're listening to me. Uh, quad four is when growth and inflation slows at the same time. Okay. Uh, so after nine consecutive quarters, the U.S. economy uh, was in quad one or two when growth is accelerating. So if you guys queue up uh, slide five in the deck, you can see in our four-quadrant framework, and yes, you do have to model it. You don't start with how the economy feels or a globally synchronized recovery. Whatever the hell it is that you are listening to, you can't. You got to check that at the door and at least buy the insurance policy, uh, which is indeed our model. So after nine straight quarters, a new U.S. record, and by the way, we were bullish on growth pretty much the whole way up and nailed the timing of this. I don't mind saying so because I can't nail it all the time, and I definitely don't nail it all the time. We just incidentally... Uh, nailed this quad four call. But again, that is, I'd say it is, it's dramatically different than being in quad two, uh, which you can see in that graph. It shows you we're in quad two from Q4 uh, of 2016, uh, Trump's election, all the way through Q4 of 2017, all the way through Q3 of 18. And now we get hit right square in the mouth, or some people did, uh, long quad four. Long quad four, what do you buy? Dollars. That's why we said buy the dollar. Okay. Uh, point number two this morning, I, I did not say buy gold. Now, uh, if the dollar is overbought, then gold's likely going to be oversold. So again, for those of you uh, that do math, you would know that they have an inverse correlation. So in other words, one goes up, the other goes down 90% on a trending basis. Okay. So that's one of the main reasons why I bought gold. Number two is that it was signaling immediate term trade oversold. Um, so as you kind of go through this, I could get more bullish on gold, but thank God I've not been bullish on gold. So are you okay with that? I'm not a perma bull on gold. I'm not selling books about gold. I'm not trying to scare the hell out of you with gold. I just buy the damn thing when the signal says to and my process says, go for it. So we did that. Uh, and again, that's, it might be a short-term call. It might not be. If you're okay with that, I am too, because that's what I do. Okay, point number three this morning is Asia. 
What a mess, okay? So you wake up this morning, you might be listening to Tommy Lee talking about his $100,000 Bitcoin target or whatever the hell it is. Well, if you look at the market on valuation, I mean, he's a nice guy, really nice guy. Uh, but I would not do what Tommy's telling you to do this morning. Uh, what I would be doing is, again, paying attention to what happened and, moreover, what's been happening in the world since January when we went bearish on China, Asia, EM. We'd already been bearish on Europe. We went bearish on Europe at this time last year. That's what you need to do in the morning. You need to measure and map not only the data, but also markets. So look at what happened this morning in South Korea, for example. I mean, the damn thing's down 22%. You get a bull, uh, uh, like, there are bullish headlines across all of old wall media talking about the bounce. That didn't bounce. Does that look like a bounce to you, Ben? <laughs> I can't for the life of me find a bounce. Yeah, magnifying measure. glass. Yeah, I mean, the Cosby, by the way, they call him Dr. Cosby. Might be a she, a doctor, whatever. That's the doctor. Uh, look, at, look at the Nikkei. I mean, I think that that's a relevant thing you might mention this morning. Uh, it was down 1.1% overnight and broke trend at Hedge Eye Rate, where that line is. You know, like where I doodle at that? I'm kind of playing with the competition a little bit, right? Like that. That's yeah, a quantitative line, but I'm, I'm just scribbling on it in the morning uh, just to make people think that I'm not as, well, they might think that I'm like a moving monkey or something like that. That's what the, that, I think that's what else they're following in the morning. Uh, but again, uh, Japan, disaster, obviously, on the equity side uh, and South Korea. And China, as an update, is still down 26.8%, the stock market is, uh, since our call in January. Those are your top three things, all right? So to make the call on the U.S., you definitely should have the call on the rest of the world. Uh, for those of you who have not seen this, slide 54, if you guys can pop that up. Uh, this is my map, okay? So this is my measuring and mapping process. Not only have I shown you already, for those of you that know this uh, and that uh, pay for this uh, show every morning, uh, just give me 30 seconds so that people know what this is. So when I said quad one, two, three, and four, all right? Ones and twos are good. Threes and fours are bad. Fours are very bad. In fact, they are like a hurricane, okay? So I don't know if I can doodle on this. You guys let me doodle on this quickly? All right, thanks for letting me do that. Can I, this is like, um, this is doodle time, all right? All right, so, so, so if I like just think about where, see the U.S. is down here. What we're talking about is the top, the top the, what we have is the top 20 countries by GDP in the world. And we're not, this isn't an opinion, okay? Looking backwards from here is a fact, okay? This is a fact. In between here, you don't even have to do math. You just have to actually not be colorblind, which, by the way, uh, I'm not trying to offend people that are. Uh, I'm just telling you that red and yellow is bad, green is good. So looking backwards, the mean and the mode of the world was green. The U.S. went on a run of nine consecutive quarters of green. As you can see, that just ended right there. Then you get the red and the red. That's what the market is starting to discount. It's not only red in the U.S. now, but it's red globally, okay? So you can see we're in quad four globally, and we're in quad four locally. So please, at a bare minimum, understand what that means, okay? At a bare minimum. And everything else you think, great. You think the market's cheap, if you think it's expensive, you think Bitcoin can go to 100,000, if they can go to zero, whatever. Just understand, this is about awareness. Because we start with ignorance, right, as human beings. Ignorant. Like, you tell me to play the piano, I'll look as ignorant as some of these people on TV, all right? Ignorance then becomes awareness, then becomes an education, and then hopefully you have some proficiency, i.e. you don't lose money when everybody else does. So that's basically my goal, is to make sure you don't lose all that money when everybody else is complaining and whining about why everybody's losing money, it's not fair, it's the machines, etc. Okay? So something to think about. Right? Let's just jump back into the wood. Uh, on the process, for those of you that are only, you know, God forbid you're staring at the Dow and points, uh, but you, know, you're, you're, you think about the risk versus the reward 
in the US stock market today. All right, so I'll jump right in uh, to what I do every day. And uh, S&P 500, the current risk range, I mean, this is kind of nasty, Ben. I mean, you got 2605 on the downside. Okay, so we'll say that there's 4% downside because that's what it is from yesterday's close. And on the top end of the range uh, this morning, and again, you got to write it down. Gotta, you got to study. You got you, you, you to deliberately study what's going on here. 27.74. So you have plus 2.3% on the upside. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. So let's say 2.3% on the upside. This is well inside of the all-time closing high of 29.30. Okay, so we're making lower highs but you have 4% of immediate term downside versus yesterday's close. You'll have more downside if we open where the futures are. So again, today is called a selling opportunity. Today's not the day to try to make news that you call the bottom or you're trying to pick your bottom or whatever you're trying to do. Today is the day to manage risk. That's why we're doing this, okay? We're trying to help you. That's why we built this firm. I, I personally, like, I don't know about you. Uh, some people think that uh, whatever they're going to think. But I don't know. I don't know about you. I... I, I, I can't let you lose all your money for the third time in the last 20 years. I can't. You know, I, just, I just couldn't do it. You, know, you, couldn't pay me, you could pay me a billion dollars to go run a hedge fund, and I wouldn't do that. I'd rather help more people doing this. Okay? It, it's unbelievable that today they're worse than they've ever been. I'm talking about the old wall. Worse than they've ever been. Yeah. We have this thing that is called the internet that came, and then it became the cloud. And now we have like, things called predictive tracking algorithms, and zero I mean zero evolution in terms of their process that missed calling all of these declines. Many of them, most of them, missed calling this decline when we started calling for it in September. They all know precisely where it's supposed to bottom. Like, come on, man. Uh, anyway, moving along. Uh, just looking at the, uh, oh, by the way, volatility, which you never hear people talk about if they're talking about, well, it tested the 200-day moving average. Uh, you know, that, the 200-day moving monkey is for monkeys, okay? So if, I, if it worked, I would use it, all right? Everybody who's got an internet connection can hit one button and know what that is. That's not a strategy. That's like a safety blanket or something like that, all right? So the VIX is, you know, volatility, just making something really simple, has a range right now of about 18 to 27, so if we see a VIX level, and I said this yesterday, 17 to 19. 17 to 19 is actually time to manage risk in quad four. So another way to think about the top end of the risk range in the S&P 500, which is 27.74, anytime we see the VIX go in that 17 to 19 range, start putting on your shorts. Right? It's a good thing as a grown man to wear those in the morning. All right? Then, once we get to the top end of the range in volatility, called 25, 26, 27, and people are losing their minds, literally. You know, they may or may not have shorts on, but what you, and, and Warren Buffett said it himself, you can see who's wearing shorts when the tide rolls yeah, out. All right, so this is important, okay? Um, let's show some people some more data. Just to contextualize volatility today, our power users know this. You've got to be licking your chops, all right? Look at it. Look at the implied vol today, all right? What is the implied vol telling you today? It's telling you complacency and or capitulation. So what we're looking at here, and I'll just circle, can I circle that one, guys, or no? Yeah, okay, because I'm not gonna, we don't have enough time to teach people this. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll teach our subscribers this, but I'm just, you're just gonna have to take my word for it, right? In as much as any other number that I give you, it's rate of change, and it's a factual number, all right? These are not political opinions. I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm Canadian. My son dressed up as a Canadian for Halloween, indeed. Uh, but if you look at this for what it is, this is not good. So when you see in this column, implied, vol uh, implied volatility, premium, or discount, what is it trading at versus 30-day realized, okay? When you see reds in here, that is not good for the bulls, okay? All that means is that people took off their hedges and are getting longer, 
Okay, so you, this morning you have a 7% implied volatility discount in SPIs. You have a 16% one in Qs. And people are telling you to buy the Qs? It, mathematically speaking, that's not, that's not like ignorant or anything. That's just dumb, okay? So that's, uh, that's not what we want you to do. Uh, last week we gave you some oversold signals in the market. Implied vol was, as you can see, if you go back to even a week ago, uh, a week ago in the queues, you go back to a week ago and implied vol was plus 15, plus 30, plus 25. That's when, if you want to buy something, and, and in, the, in the words of your favorite politician, believe me, if you want to buy something because you have to buy something because it's your job to buy something and that's how you get paid, I get that. It's cool. Totally cool. You pay us too. We're cool. But r- realize that my job is to be accurate. It's not to buy things. If I had to buy things, I wouldn't buy it after they bounce. Okay? I buy it when we get an implied volatility premium, markets at the low end of the range. This is exactly what our subscribers did actually last week. I covered all but two shorts in real-time alerts. Okay, that's how you do it. That's how a pro does it. I'm not the best pro, but I'm better than the alternative that, you have, that you're watching, which is people who never traded a day in their life. All right, uh, what else I got going on? On, on uh, 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 Bongo Board, let's show people the Bongo Board quickly. Uh, what happened yesterday from a sector perspective, that's what we're, we're looking at here. Big bounce. Fourth update in the last 20. So, uh, put simply, this will be the fifth day in the last 21 that you get a selling opportunity. Okay, so what you'll note there is that what didn't bounce are the two sectors that we like. All right? So, what you have, the two, the, our two favorite sectors, to be clear, are utilities, XLU, and consumer staples. All right? How exciting is that? Well, it was really exciting in October because they were up in October. Okay, so those are our two favorite sectors. My favorite currency is the U.S. dollar. So, again, these are the things that we want you to buy. There's always something to buy. So, if you're in the business of buying stuff, again, I empathize with you. I can buy or sell. I go both ways, and I like it. Okay, so this is what we want you to do. We want you to be buying utilities and consumer staples. You should have a wonderful catalyst on that tomorrow. Not Mister Wonderful, a wonderful catalyst. Okay, so a wonderful catalyst would be if you get wage inflation, which is our call tomorrow, because uh, there's an easy year-over-year comparison. Not to geek out on the base effects, but again, I can speak quickly because I got to get through it because some of you are already lost on that. But at the end of the day, it's an easy base effect, and we already have wage inflation. We've, we're going to achieve jump conditions. In wages, okay? If you want the data on that, it's in our stat pack. I think Josephine can track it down. Uh, but we showed this. The relationship between U3 and U6 is narrowed. So you're going to see a big wage number. And you know what all the bond hawks are going to do? They're going to be yelling from the heads. They're going to be telling, oh, my God, there's wage inflation. Got to tell you, 100% of the time at the end of an economic cycle, you know what there is? Wage inflation. Okay? So that's not new. It's called the latest of late cycle indicators. But, but understand it. Absorb it. Embrace it. Buy bonds tomorrow. Buy utilities and consumer staples tomorrow. Wait another day. Because you buy those things, because they're bond proxies, or the bonds themselves, when bond yields are at the top end of the risk range. Okay? If all, you, if all you've done is watch Kramer or somebody that talks about like 5,000 stocks and has never explained that very basic relationship to you, you buy a bond when the bond yield is at the top end of the range. And we have a catalyst for that tomorrow. Whoa, and then you'll say, oh my God, but it's wage inflation. And then in, in a couple weeks, you're going to have... Headline inflation data that is going to, down, going to go down. Because guess what? Oil's down 15% in a month. Look at the chart. If you don't have a chart of oil, I mean, come on. This is the most important chart, actually, that makes me confident in buying bonds and bond proxies, prospectively, is that I started buying them when the damn thing was up 15%, you know, actually, it was up 17% higher if you get back to break even from there. But at the end of the day, down 15 That makes our call pretty easy, doesn't it, Ben? Yeah. Um, so that's something to think about on that front. Already talked about Asia. Europe. Oh, my God. Look at the data this morning again. It's just red. I mean, it's just bloody red, uh, especially if you look at the top part of it. If you want to focus your you eyes. Should, you should actually pull up the chart of the day because it shows you, like, 
the whole week's worth of data. Oh, my, a week? I, yeah, and we said in the you title, like, at the, a week? <laughs> we are actually aren't cooking the books in this chart. These are This is real data. Spanish retail sales are actually down over 3% year over year, <laughs> which is awful. I mean, bloody awful. It's a terrible week of data in here. Awful. Now, to be clear, in rate of change speak, to criticize myself, the word awful or suck is not a mathematically relevant word. It's a characterization of something after it happened. A risk management process is things go from good to bad, because that, in rate of change terms, is really bad. So as it's decelerating or slowing, we color code this in red. So what you're seeing there is red versus the prior month. It's all data, okay? This is readily available data that all these people that are talking at you all day long, they don't have the time or process or actually work ethic to get it done. Yeah, this is not easy. I have 40 people on my research team. This isn't about me. All I'm doing is, is again, giving you exactly what Ben is looking at overnight. But again, think about how bad. People are continuing, oh, but it's not a U.S. recession. i got to buy stocks. Well, it's getting pretty damn close to a recession in Europe. Do you think that's going to matter to the U.S.? Look, we're, we're talking about down, uh, down 3% year-over-year retail sales growth in Germany, down 3% year-over-year retail sales growth in Spain, down 1.5% uh, consumer spending numbers in France. If you don't know these things, now you know, and you're also starting to understand that as you go from ignorance to awareness, there's an enlightenment there, right? It's not being critical. It's just not willing to do what they have done to you, okay? And you know who I'm talking about. So again, uh, keep yourself aware. That's a good thing to, that's a good thing to be. Uh, in other news, Greek stock market continues to crash this morning. And again, in lieu of people saying that stocks have stabilized, I can't for the life of me say, see how this is stabilized, Ben. Does that look like it? Stabilized you? <laughs> again, I need a magnifying glass. It's down 30%, and it's down again this morning. It's down 30% since January. I mean, that's not stable. Cosby, Josephine, can you do that again? How about South Korea to Greece? Who's talking South Korea to Greece this morning? I don't care who is or is not. We are, okay? Uh, what else do I got going on for you? I already talked about commodities. Uh, corn still looks like hell. Copper's still a short. Uh, tenure yield, again, that, the last thing I'm going to say because uh, there's a ton of questions here. And again, thanks for your attention. Uh, probably talked too long, but maybe not. Uh, if you look at um, uh, the 10-year yield risk range, so that's the other thing this morning to be paying attention to here. Um, get that out of there. See a little technology our subscribers are paying us to get to buy some cool stuff to, like, to write this stuff down. Uh, 3.03 to 3.23. So again, just like I give you the S&P 500 risk range, the 10-year yield, that's your risk range, okay? So I already told you what to do with that. Okay, let's take some questions. All right. Uh, a couple questions on quad four. I'll just lump the two together. Can you reconcile your bullish range on the 10-year with quad four long duration? Then can gold and the dollar go up at the same time in quad four? And just to kind of preface the question, or just kind of like you know lead you into the answer, obviously we have the quant process that is an overlay to the fundamental process. Fundamental process would say, based on history, you know rates do typically go down in quad four. But, I mean, it's kind of, you know, yeah. you, you kind of have the check with the top down yeah. right now. Yeah, really important thing, and, and to Ben's point, and it, uh, notwithstanding somebody being a, a literal, uh, beautiful creation of God, like, you would be, you'd be much better served playing the game with both hands. And I'm talking about somebody who this year made it to the NFL with one. Uh, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form at the level of all these super-duper smart people out there. But I do have a quantitative risk management process alongside a fundamental research process. If you could have both, you would, okay? So what, you'd, what you'll see on Twitter is I'm like, the guy's giving me a bunch of stats on technicals. Well, last time this happened, it went up five times, over 13 times. And, then the, and this is the guy who never told you that the one time in the, in the S&P 500 in September was going to go down 10 12%. So get, I got it. 
two hands on the wheel. You got quantitative process, you got research risk management uh, alongside that. Gold does best when? When dollars going down and interest rates are going down at the same time. Neither of those things are happening this morning uh, at the same time. What you have is one of those things happening. I think dollar will be down today. So that's a trade. To get gold really moving, and when I go super bullish on gold, I haven't been, thank God, because our view was that the dollar would be going up and interest rates going up. We just went bearish on interest rates, by the way. Uh, and they haven't gone down. They just stopped going up. And that's a difference. Uh, there's a difference in that call. Uh, but if you go back to uh, the all-time highs in gold, uh, you can see that it competes. It's an absolute return uh, currency, if you will. I, I, I have no problem calling it a currency. Its absolute return looks best when interest rates are doing what? Going down. Okay? Because it competes with a lesser asset class, okay, in terms of the actual interest rate that you're going to, or the coupon you're going to get on those bonds. So, so that's something to think about when you think about gold. Yep. All right. Uh, next one here. So this is kind of a really parsing out like the quant signals, because we obviously we have different durations, but um, quad four call has been great. Uh, where would the SP of 100 turn to neutral bullish trend in your model, and how would you react in that scenario? Well, it's not a level or a PE multiple, okay? So that's what the old wall is going to tell you. Put you know 12, 13 times earnings on this number. And by the way, the number that they keep using is the wrong number, right? They came into the year saying it was a globally synchronized recovery. GDP is going to be ABC. Uh, we have now casts for GDP and inflation. Slide 13, Josephine, if you can show our our now forecast on again, it's updated for every single data point that's reported and relevant in the model is 2.74 percent to green bar. So we're below Wall Street for the first time in like I don't know a year and a half, two years uh, on that number. So that's point number one. Point number two, if you impose that to what Wall Street's going to be reading in January as the headline GDP number, different than the year over year. If you don't know why, study it. Uh, again, you go to 1.1%. So we're way lower than Wall Street. Okay. So when you think about these things, you got to think about the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of as you go, you go further into answering questions, you're always going to see me coming back to these realities. Like that, unless these numbers change, I'm not going to change my opinion. So this is the point. The market's not going to stop going down on valuation. Valuation is not a catalyst. The rate of change of the data is a catalyst. Okay? Let me say that again. Valuation is not a catalyst. Just like hope is not a risk management process. Feel free to steal those lines. Plenty of people in the media do. Okay? Because so, those are one-liners that fit the profile of how you, again, think about risk managing markets. So what we have here is a failure to communicate. What we have here is a failure of Wall Street understanding that, A, we're going into Quad 4, and moreover, that we're going to stay in Quad 4 for the next five months. So again, that, you know, the stock market can be down 25, 35%. You know, currently the Russell's down, what, 13% versus where you could have got your eyes poked out in, uh, at the end of August. Everyone's like, oh, the chart looks awesome. It's like them talking about Facebook um, when, in July. And after yesterday's bounce, by the way, in Facebook, you know what you'd have to be up to get back to break even if you bought the chart in July? 40%, all right? So don't do that. That's really bad to do, especially if you're doing with your own money. I understand a lot of people are running other people's money, so it's less, less hard. But if you do with your own money, you're, you prefer not to make these types of mistakes. All right, uh, next one here. A couple questions on vol stuff, but um, one of them is right here. Thanks for the short suggestions. I have bought near the money put options. I don't know on what, um, but if you are happy with the short position all the way to expiry, do they need to be sold there before expiry, or can you let them expire and still get paid? Sorry for the newbie question. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I would say that if you get if you get vol like you had, um, you know, you can sell it, or you can sell some of it and roll because you know what, what we really saw like the the last like you know at the end of last week and on Monday. I mean, it was a total really just capitulation. Like people wanted the most sensitive like hedge that they could have for their book, and it was yeah. like, full demand for that. Um, 
the thing is, like, if you get to, if you get to take advantage of that with like the term structure, let's keep it simple. You you should you should sell some of it because <laughs> well no here here's a, here, you sell here's an example here's an example. It's not the same as like taking a long position. It's not like oh this is sold off, so I'm gonna take a long yeah. position in this. It just if all gets so expensive sometimes when everyone needs it that if things settle down for like two days. The position on your hedges can go down yeah. like seventy or eighty percent. Exactly. I mean, and and, and the and the uh, the greater point that Ben's speaking to, if you're not into hedging yourself or using futures and options uh, as a way to make and and or save yourself money, uh, I suggest you kind of educate yourself on that because it, it'll definitely help you. Uh, we we don't do things that don't help us. You know, uh, what will help you is getting away from a lot of bad habits. So again, the whole thing about risk and 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 vol or volatility and how the premium is priced is that it it all gets priced up after what. The hurt. Where is that thing again, Joe? Is it after that yeah, thing comes through your backyard? Is the premium for insurance on hurricane insurance higher or lower? Yeah. So I mean, I, you I know, missed it. realized uh, ball goes to is about as high as it's ever been, and over thirty basis, and implied goes there too. Exactly. So, and you know, when you when you're a buyer of options, there's kind of like a there's a time limit. Like those are eventually going to expire. Exactly. Like it's not the VIX or, or volatility index. Like if you're holding those positions, like you don't want to just keep, continue to no, hold exactly. them because they're just going to bleed. If, if bleed. you're buying, um, if you're buying puts, keep it simple. The best time to buy puts, I already gave you the, the signal on that. When the VIX is between 17 and 19, and the S and P 500 is at the top end of the range, then you buy puts. Okay, that's how all of our subscribers make and save money. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So this one, this is a good one. Uh, does the ETF hedge subscription uh, implement what Keith is saying now? Uh, did it get updated with Keith when we made the fo- call for for Q18? I would say, like in general, all this, like we're always talking about like what prospectively could happen, yeah. and that's born out of like the the data and all the modeling that we yeah. do. So we're always talking about we don't we don't just come in here and talk about like what's happened yesterday and try to pretend like we we called it right, like. We've we've talked about quad four the whole year, saying like, hey, the setup is mm-hmm. this is what you're going to be in. Um, do we know for sure it's going to happen? No, but it's a probable scenario. Yeah, we're, so we're, yeah, we're always talking about exactly. you know what can happen in the future. So once we make the call, and and what you'll find is that our power users try to front run me making the call. Okay, so they have the map. They're like quad four. Oh my god, it's going to happen in the fourth quarter. And what I kept saying is. Don't act on that until we get closer to the fourth quarter. So that's why we didn't make the call till September the 27th. Um, but again, I built the model. I, I, I strive to time it right, too. Um, but what you, can, what you can do in ETF Pro, I think, is your question, is you'll see that, it, and we can only change that monthly. We can only do so much at that price. I think that, that's a damn good price, uh, by the way, for, for the best long and short ETF setups that you could have had for the last three years. Don't forget that most of our longs right now are the things we've been short for three years or two and a half years. So again, that's the validity of having a good ETF setup is it can protect your, uh, the rest of your portfolio in material ways. And that's, we, update it, we update it monthly. But daily is where, if you're listening to me here, you, can, you know what we're going to change. And we're not trying to hide something, and we're certainly not a macro tourist jumping from headline to headline. We're constantly working within that sign curve. Where are we? Within the sign curve. Uh, Josephine, I think that's slide four in the current macro deck. But again, that's your question. Where are you on the sign curve? Are you accelerating or are you decelerating? Okay? So find yourself. Where are you? Are you emotionally, you might want to try that with yourself, too. Are my anxieties like uh, last week? Uh, can, we, can you guys give me that? Uh, last week. When, the S- when we told you the market was oversold last week... Where was your emotion? Was it here? I bet 
Some of you, if you admitted it, uh, would say, yeah, that's probably right. And now you're like, uh, yeah, some strategist says, I think the bottom's in. Does it make you feel a little bit better here? Is that where you're, you're less anxious? But then what happens? Market goes down 4%, and then you're going to just go right back to where you were. So you don't want to do this with feel. You don't want to do it with some like gobbledygook or old wall tourist trap, if you will. We call them tourists because that's what tourists do. They just show up. That's it. You know, it's, it's, it's a, you'd much rather uh, be aligned if you want to understand what's going on at that tourist site. You, the, the, even the homeless guy who's sitting there every day, he'd probably give you better information right, than the guy standing beside you from another country. So you want to be sure that you have the right information. Yep. All right. Uh, hi, Mr. McCall. Just wondering what you jot down in your macro notebook daily, uh, looking to re- replicate your process. Oh, cool. Um, thanks. And I, I rarely get called Mr. I get called a lot of, a lot of other things. Uh, but um, that's fine. It's same as my hockey career. I, I was not, by the other team, not liked. You weren't, hey, hey Keith, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, hey. Hope you have a good shift and out I here. slash him in the back of the ankle. Uh, anyway, um, this, so this, what you see here is what I do. I've been doing this for 20 years almost. Uh, I write down market price, the market price, every single day and the rate of change of that market price within my trend, trade, and tail view, okay? Trade, trend, tail. That's uh, part of our methodology. And then I, I even tape stuff in my I tape, like this is the futures and options positioning of the market because I want to know the number. I don't want to know your opinion. Is it okay? Is it okay to say that? And, until you can show me that you know all the numbers, I don't give a damn about your opinion, all right? That's the point. So that's the whole thing about playing at a high level, whether you're an athlete or you're, you know, whatever you're doing, you're playing, a, playing in, in an orchestra at the highest level. The best players want to play with the best players, and that's how you become one of the best players in the league. You deliberately study the market, you know the market, and then you have a better chance to get it right, because you're going to get it wrong. The question is, how often do you get it wrong? And this, to me, is the best way to get it less wrong, uh, certainly than, than a lot of people you can listen to. Yeah, all right. That's a good spot to wrap up. Thanks, Keith, and thanks to everyone who tuned in this morning. Good luck out there, and we'll catch you back here tomorrow same time. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. As a reminder, we are currently running a special promotion for new Hedgeye podcast listeners. Get your first month free to any one of our investing products for brand-new Hedgeye subscribers. Email Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com to get yours. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. Hedgeye Risk Management is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Connecticut. Hedgeye Risk Management is not a broker-dealer and does not provide investment advice for individuals. This research does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. This research is presented without regard to individual investment preferences or risk parameters. It is general information and does not constitute specific investment advice. Nothing presented herein should be construed as legal or tax advice. This presentation is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye Risk Management is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual speaking and not necessarily those of Hedgeye and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye Risk Management's clients and subscribers. In reaching these opinions and conclusions, the individuals expressing those opinions and conclusions and their employees have relied upon research which is based upon sources considered credible and reliable within the industry. Neither Hedgeye Risk Management nor any individual expressing those opinions and conclusions are responsible for the validity or authenticity of the information upon which it has relied.